Dente Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. And I'm Dr. Leviathan. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta. Tonight we have Snuff by Stephen Shorter. So, just to let you know ahead of time, we're not discussing Snuff, the pornographic stuff. We're discussing a creepypasta centered around a Snuff film. Yeah, it's the title. Yeah. And also, there is no text version. At the moment. Yeah, at the moment <laughs> of this recording, there is no text version of this. Um, you can listen to a fine reading of it by The Drunk and the Spooky on YouTube. Um, and in fact, we will have a uh, spliced-in audio recording I did while I was down in Gen Con and got to talk to those folks about this. So we will have a multitude of opinions about this story by the end of this episode. So, and of course, for those of you not in the know, creepypasta are scary short stories that get copied and pasted across the internet. Um, they're essentially the campfire stories of the next generation. It's like why I like to think about them. Um, but yes, going on to the story of Snuff. Uh, it's done up, it's placed into four parts. A letter, a transcript of a video, a letter, and then another, and a final transcript. Uh, the first letter is that of a man who... Is his name is redacted, but there's a part in the in the in the letter that kind of hints to his name being Bry, or says like a nickname to him, or like a short form of his name as Bry. So I guess his name's Bry or something. Well, it was one thing that was weird when they they didn't redact yeah, that part of it. They that, redacted everything else. That would have been redacted, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he they missed it. Yeah, whatever. It's a, not a huge deal, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the man is obsessed with pornography um, and is in prison at the at the time of this writing the story. It's a pornography store. I was buying pornography. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and he's writing this letter to a unspecified correspondent um, or the reader uh, at this about uh, the tape that kind of centers around his his current predicament, like why he's in jail. Um, and he goes about uh, the he go so he go, he starts telling the story about him going to his friendly neighborhood porn dealer, um, and like the illicit porn dealer. Yeah, not the yeah, not the legit stuff. More like the illegal stuff. Um, uh, and goes into like going to like to the guy's place, uh, which was his former establishment. Now he just lives in the apartment above it because it's closed down because of the internet. Um, and he, yeah, the guy gives him this tape that has a blank uh, label and stuff, and he's just like, what is this? And it's like, oh, you man, you're going to love this. It's really messed. It's like, how messed? Messed. So guys, the guy kind of trusts him because he's like, first off, he knows where he lives, so if he cheats him, he's kind of fucked. Um, and the other well, part... Well, and also, like, clearly this guy is a good customer. Yeah. Like he this comes is something that the letter doesn't really cover, because, like, this guy's obviously, like... Your best customer. Yeah. Because from the sounds of it, like, the guy doesn't have a lot of other customers. Yeah. And this guy is, like, fanatically obsessed with porn. Yeah. So. So he's. Yeah, he wouldn't he, fuck he, him he would, over because. Exactly. That would be oh, bad look, business. Now I don't get any of your business. Exactly. Um, how will I feed my ferrets? <laughs> well, the ferrets are fine. How does he feed himself? Because the ferrets, once he dies, the ferrets oh, yeah, will feed him. Yeah. You'll have to listen to the reading, or at some point read the story to find out about that. Um, so, goes home and goes to his mother's 
his late mother's room uh, where there is a working VCR and TV because uh, his isn't working and pops it in, starts watching it. And it is essentially a video that just, that is a uh, woman, uh, like a snuff film. It, like the woman is, uh, like there's some weird video, like some weird scenes. Um, then it's like in the studio area where the guy, where she takes off her clothes and gets horribly butchered by the camera guy uh, with a sharp, with a, ha- a hammer. Yeah. Hammer. Um, and so, uh, and what's more is that he recognizes who the woman is. And then it kind of cuts to the first transcript, which describes what transpires in a more clinical fashion, like almost like an SCP Foundation kind of entry, where it goes into like the description of the video, like scene for scene, but not at, like in any kind of like emotional detail, just like this happens. This well, happens. that's what a transcript yeah. is, right? No, that's what I mean, yeah. So, um,. I'm not going to go into full detail about it because it's just a bunch of re- it's a bunch of creepy scenes of this uh, how it plays out uh, like where the where this girl is being walked into a woods and stuff of that and then she's in this room uh, uh, seemingly on a uh, the second floor of a of a, a building that overlooks a forest and then uh, the guy kills her in this weird ritual way so um, then the second letter kicks in. And it's about the man, the jailed man, Bry, uh, and his connection to the woman. And it turns out that the woman was um, a girl that, when he was in high school and he got beat up a lot, would kind of, like, um, help, like nurse his wounds and, like, read Lolita to him in the park. So he had a very he had a crush on this girl. Uh, but she was kind of the town floozy. Um, and I believe the correct term <laughs> is town bicycle. Right. She's the town bicycle. Um, her dad uh, kills himself and leaves her with a ton of debt, so she can't really like sustain it and stuff. Um, she uh, hugs, so uh, then she up, turns into the town rental bike. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, she and she hooks up with this guy, this this one rich dude, kid um, who's kind of abusive, and the main character tries to confront him about it because he's thought he th- he feels he's in love with this girl, and gets his ass kicked and goes to the hospital. Uh, and there's some letters that are passed bet- uh, between him and uh, the girl over uh, while he's in the hospital, and then as he's recover, as he's about to finish recovery, she goes missing. And so years pass, assumedly, um, and then we are he's back to the tape, and he looks over it like multiple times because he's like trying to find a way, find a reason, or find a pl- find out where the place is, like any clue, and he finds it in the that the, the uh, there's a water tower in the woods. Uh, when the when the cameraman, who's known as Mr. Crow, um, in the uh, the credits of the video, uh, looking out at the woods and stuff, so he go and he this kind of like catches something. So he goes down to his basement, grabs a bunch of like old photo albums, and finds a photo of a field trip he was at back in high school that showed a forest with a water tower that's exactly the same. So he goes to this place, goes to the cemetery, the, the Civil War some, some, uh, cemetery that they went to in the field trip, parks there goes into the woods, tries to triangulate where the place is, and finds this old, decrepit, 70s-style mansion in the middle of the woods, abandoned with creepy angles. And at this point, the story goes into very loving detail about the set the setup of this place. Um, and so he goes upstairs to the second level and finds the studio. It's been long since abandoned, clinically abandoned. Like, they've the guy's left no trace. Uh, or no DNA trace, as far as you can tell. Well, no trace. Like, there's yeah. nothing in the room. It's, like, it's sterile clean. Yeah, exactly, that's what I mean. Uh, surgically clean. Um, yeah, that's the uh, word yeah. they use. Sorry. I use sterile because it's the same damn thing. All right, all right. <laughs> um, and so he doesn't find anything, so he goes downstairs and sits down on the steps for a while, um, and a wind c- kicks in because there's no doors or windows in this, like, glass or anything, so it just kind of comes right through. And the wind happens to 
open up a door in the wall that goes down to the basement. Well, goes, a door and a door. Yeah, a door and a because door. Because he opened earlier, he opened up a door and it looked right on a bookcase, but it's empty. So why is it a bookshelf? Hmm. That's that's the part that bothered me. It's like it's empty. It's not a bookshelf. It's just shelves in a door. Really, it's a closet or, you know. Yeah, no, I I get you. Yeah. So, the fact that you jump to the conclusion that it's a bookshelf, I'm like this is it. <laughs> you're, you're, you 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 gave me. it away. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, and it swings open and reveals the secret door passage to the basement. And he goes down, and this is where he finds the killer's true, like, his his lair, essentially. Um, there's filing cabinets full of tapes, and these ones are all named with different uh, women's names. So kind of showing this, like, serial ritual, like, cycle of death, <laughs> that this uh, of snuff films that this person's been creating over years. Um, and he finds the tools and stuff like that, and is trying to find more in details about, like, uh, where... Um, uh, Chobot, Chabot or something is her name, uh, is her last name. Um, and then he hears something and turns around with his, with the knife he had with him the whole time. And it's the cops and the cops are there and the SWAT and they're just full on like searching the whole area for stuff. Um, and the, uh, he gets arrested be- uh, for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, also possibly being like spied on by the government because he linked bought, or downloaded the wrong thing, um, is what the guy kind of assumes. So, Goes, he's in jail now. Um, Mr. Crow is still at large. Um, they are still trying to dig, they're still digging up bodies in around this place. And he's in jail for All other the, shit he yeah, had in for, his apartment, yes. like in his house, not because they think he did it because he's they Caucasian and the guy who made the film is clearly you know, African-American. Yeah, because of what we what the video does show of Mr. Crow, he looks like he's a black man. So, well, you see his hand. Yeah. Um, so, and they, but they do try to, like, pin it on him, but then his lawyer points out that obvious problem, uh, consistency. And so, yeah, so he, but he's still in jail because of all the, illicit, all the illegal stuff he has in his own home. And um, so he sits there, uh, essentially just sent, writing this letter about, like, how, um, like, he's a messed up individual, but the real monster is still out there. Um, and they still are, they're still, like, digging up stuff around the house. And so, yeah, it's, like, kind of a cautionary tale kind of thing, or cautionary ending with, like, the real killer, the real man, the real hunt killer or whatever is still out there at large. And he might get you. Um, and then, well, not me. Well, yeah, no. Um, the story ends I with. I have a boy's name. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> um, anyway, so the wow, actually, that's that's a really bad. I'm sorry to all the female doctors out there. Um, but yeah, so and then it leaves off with another uh, final transcript of another fragment of the video that shows um, Mr. Crow watching um, the girl from afar. Um, at like a bus stop or something, and then goes back into the woods, and they're uh, her and Mr. Crow are looking at the at a body of a previous victim, but she seems to be kind of like smiling and uh, cheerful on the on the video, and then it just kind of cuts out, and so we're left with this creepy video description. So, and that's how the story ends. So the story, like I said, is by Stephen Shorter. Um, it's read by the Drunk and the Spooky, which is the reading channel. Um, of the Drunk and the Ugly podcast. Sam uh, from Drunk and the Ugly does the reading, and Matt did all the editing for it. I loved the ed- the the audio reading of it. It was very well done. Um, the story was very creepy and very kind of gritty, and actually I kept getting this like true detective vibe off of it, and I do mention it in my discussion with the guys in Gen Con. Um, 
But yeah, it felt like a very, again, it was another one of those, like, kind of realistic horror stories of serial killers. Um, it also reminded me of a, uh, of a movie, of a found footage film called The, P- the Poughkeepsie Tapes. I'm sure I've said that wrong. Um, about a serial killer uh, on the loose, but the police find all his murder vi- footage and stuff, and it's just going through, like, a mockumentary-style thing of, like, the police describing this guy's, like, long reign of terror and then splicing it in with creepy audio or creepy video feed of some of his kills um, or how he does stuff. So um, I also really liked the letter. Uh, the one thing with the letters, uh, the letter style, um, I really I thought it was really effective. Although some of the details were a little too lovingly done, but at the same time, I really enjoyed that. There was like, yeah, like there was a lot of description detail that I just can't picture anyone putting in a letter. Yeah, but like it's... Like the fucking ferrets and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, although I, like, I think it's also kind of in the same vein as, like, Lovecraft and other writers, like, that do this kind of, like, horror story based off, like, with letters, where they put a lot of loving detail into, like, the atmosphere and the story, uh, or in the setting of the story, and I really enjoyed, like, that stuff while I was listening to it. Um, with like, like, j- j- like, I felt like I was in this, unfortunately, in this dingy place with this guy, this this fat porn dealer, and his like creepy ferrets running around his home with discarded pizza boxes. And then we were in the mansion. Um, I really liked the descriptions of the mansion itself. Yes, and the 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 descriptions were fine. Mm-hmm. The problem was was they seemed out of place for the style of story. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're writing a certain way, then stick to it. Yeah. If you can't, you know, tone down the good writing, yeah, it, yeah. it was well written, Yeah. then don't write it in this way. Yeah. You know, don't write it as it's supposed to be a letter. Um, you know, write it as, you know, just a fucking story. Yeah. Um, that That's really... You know, and I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, I'm aware that Dracula has the exact same, (laughs) the exact same setup, but also has a lot of detail, but I mean, that's a little different. We're talking about a novel versus a story. Yeah. Like a little short story, so. Yeah. It's actually funny you bring up Dracula, because that's what Travis and Matt actually brought up when they're in the discussion. We're well read. Yeah. And you're not. Um... (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> Just because I read Lovecraft. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. Um, but, uh... I like to think of myself as the layman. It, it's... Oh, no, you're totally not. You're very well read. You just read different things than I do. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Yeah. Like, although it is like that, because it's in a short story, I kind of want you to nix... Some of it, like, like make it excessive more, detail, like fucking ferrets. I don't need to know about <laughs> fat porn dealers' ferrets. Yeah. You know, like, at least if you're going to try and present it as a letter. Because I just can't see someone putting that in a letter. Yeah. Not in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe once upon a time, like when Dracula, yeah. but not now. It's yeah, just, like maybe it's like unreal. It, it it's compl- it's it's unrealistic in terms of like yeah, letter like writing a, is practically dead these days. Yeah, that said, he is in jail and writing this. Like, yes, somebody, but yeah. I mean, no one is, no one has, most people don't have practice writing letters, so you know they just wouldn't put in that amount of detail. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting it in this story. Yeah, because of the letter format, so it it in my opinion it shouldn't be there. Okay. Um. But that being said, it did actually, you know, help put you in the pl- like in the moment. Yeah, it was very well. Like it, I, I don't 
the story would have suffered if it had been taken away. So I really just think that the story should have been written in a different format. Um, you know, that that's one man's opinion. But yeah. it's me, so I think it's a very important opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. And also, okay... So he's being followed by, you know, cops or maybe FBI They're because him. of... Yeah. Okay, he goes into an abandoned mansion, and this is when they pounce? Yeah. Like, you're going to be being followed by, like, a couple of agents, maybe. Yeah. Like, at any given time, maybe two. Not an entire SWAT. Like, unless they just happen like, to be, like... SWAT, like, yeah, they are not... And they're not going to swarm you at some place like this yeah they're going to like they're either going to snap nab you in your home or they're going to nab you just as you leave because they've pinned down your routine and like okay he's going to leave at 803 and go to that porn and we're going to fucking you know we're just going to fucking nab him or like i like you just you know, kind of said. Yeah. They'd nab him at the porn shop and get, get two it. birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. Especially if this guy is like, is like selling his. This guy illicit... sold a snuff film, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he's selling a snuff film, what other shit does he have? And they even me- he even mentions that the guy sells like some really dark stuff, like or is well, and I somewhere. mean, where did our where did our narrator or our letter writer get the stuff that he's in jail for? Yeah. Probably, Probably from, from the, the fuck air down the... Yeah. I also did like the um, uh, the little quip... Like, at the beginning of the story, it mentions, like, when he was incarcerated and so that, like, uh, and talking about his dealer. Um, the guy, like, just blew his own head off before the cops made it through the door. Because So I guess it went to show, like, how d- deep this guy was in, in this stuff. And so he just wasn't willing to go to jail for it. <laughs> and then... The way out. Yeah. Um, and also... It's almost... This story is written almost like we're supposed to have sympathy for this guy. Which... But he's in jail because of porn he had. Yeah. Now, the first place my mind goes with that is child pornography. Yeah. And And whenever that comes up... Like... And I mean, don't get me wrong, like, yeah... I mean, it may there be- are prudes in the world, but they don't make well, things illegal for the most part. Like, unless there's a really good reason, like, you know, hey, the kid's under 18. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it's just kind of like, how are, how are you, like, you're trying to make me, this guy, a sympathetic character, but he's in jail, he's in jail because, <laughs> because of the porn he had, which means he had some, some fucking, like, weird shit. Yeah, he didn't have, well, no, he didn't have weird shit, he, he had, had illegal, illegal shit. Yeah. And that, like, that shit is illegal for a reason. Yeah. It, it's very, it's very, it's very possible. So, 99% possible that this guy had, like, child pornography and stuff that, other stuff that is illegal. Like, I know in some states it is um, very legal for, uh, to have, like, bestiality. Um, so, yeah, and my knowledge of the, but, I mean, and like, the, well, and, my yeah. mind goes to child to, porn. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, and you're trying to, like, this guy's supposed to be a sympathetic character, and he, like... I just cannot go to oh, sympathy no, yeah. for this guy. I really wasn't... Yeah, I, I didn't really feel much sympathy for this guy. Um, I mean, he's obviously troubled. He like it has like some issues. Some I got very no problem with a issues. porn addict. 
I mean, you know. But again, what he was, why he's can, in jail, like, and not like, and not still in jail, not out of jail after like for yeah. some porn or being in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's in jail because of some of the the yeah, like what we just mentioned. Like he's in there because he had yeah. some really illegal stuff. And I mean, so, and that that's that what, kind of ruined, that's yeah. where I have. Like, I can have absolutely no sympathy for the guy. Because, yeah. I mean, you know what? If he's a porn addict, that, like, yeah. I can sympath- I can have sympathy for that guy. Because, you know, that's not a horrible thing. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he and he, he doesn't really, I don't think he really even meant, like, tries to, like, get any sympathy, like, vote from No, it's, he doesn't, but... He's the main character. So we're so, supposed to. Because, yeah, you're yeah, supposed to sympathize or empathize with them. And, it's like, <laughs> it's impossible to, for me. Yeah. Like, once I give it, like, half a second thought, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is, like, this guy isn't not a murderer. But, but my God, he's certainly creepy. As he's certainly hell. up on the deserves-to-be-in-jail ladder. Yeah. I think another thing that actually, uh, the character works in the spot is because like yeah he's a creepy scumbag who has some illegal shit but he's not as bad as Mr. Crow well and the and thing he's is still out there. <laughs> the writer never really I don't I never got the impression that the writer tried to make us sympathize no. with him yeah it's just the fact that he's the main character so, so we are supposed to yeah and like yeah you're right it does work in the like in this instance cause you know no one asks us to sympathize with them, yeah. but I just I found it weird that I'm like, wow, I listen to this. Obviously, the main character is man. I just can't fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you're you're conflicted because you're reading like you're reading this guy's like testimonial essentially, or this this guy's well, like listening to yeah, listen yeah, listening to it in this case. Um, we will have a disc- like once the story is actually posted out somewhere. I will make sure to track it down and put it in the description below um, for the podcast. So, um, but yeah. Um, so did you, you did you enjoy the story though? As it was, um, again, it's a very dark story, but I kind of like it for how like kind of creepy. Yeah, but Eight Millimeter was a great movie. Um, I didn't see that still. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, yes and no. I mean, there are like the logic. Um, lapses that I just can't overlook, like the whole SWAT team coming down. Like the oh, yeah, I like, just yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. So it kind of like it as it happens, it's boom, story shattering. Yeah. Um, the whole thing is just like just, it's too incon- it's too gone. convenient. Like exactly, it's like, it's wrapping the story up too quick. Um, like maybe if he'd gone home and then like got gra- nabbed there or something. Yeah, if he'd but, gone home and they like fucking had gone in after him because, like, okay, yeah, maybe they are following him. And then yeah, I think they go in, he goes home, or he goes home, they go in, they find the same stash. You know, he's trying to, you know, he's thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, figure it out and I'm going to find this guy. And they're like, hey, you're, you're suspected of a lot of fucking murders now. Yeah. You know, we've got the evidence to fucking arrest you. Yeah. I think another thing that this actually were like for like that plop plop hole kind of thing. Um, we never like they kind of just come out of the blue. So like it would have been really good to have. Like, totally. No, yeah. It would have been really good for them to like for the for Stephen Shorter to uh, put in like maybe a foreshadow. Like maybe like he knew he he had an like there's like a 
suggestion that he was being followed by somebody. And maybe he thought it was Mr. Crow, and then re- and then it turned out it was actually just the, uh, the cops. Yeah. And maybe not so many cops. Because unless those cops, like all the SWAT team and the cops and stuff like that, had been notified of some of the actual building itself and about all like the stuff that was going on there, and they were just, he again, he just happened to be there at the wrong time while they were doing a search and stuff, there's no reason for that SWAT team and whatnot to be there other than... To be a search, have a search party out for like the the, the property. Well, and, and that's then, the only thing. I can, that's the only you thing don't search a property with SWAT. Exactly. Um, you know, there's one thing I did bring up uh, in the other discussion. Um, the story is very based in like kind of a real world kind of issue, but I did feel like there was almost like kind of a preternatural element to it. Like not supernatural, but like there was definitely a, a weirdness to it. Um, outside of the obvious, but like the crows that never, that kind of are always there, like watching, there's this like element of like a ritualistic, like esoteric kind of, um, feel to this, what this guy's doing, what Mr. Crow's doing. Um, it almost felt like, well, you'll find that with it. Yeah. With a, a lot, lot of, serial of serial killers. killers. Yeah. I, yeah. Like it wasn't quite a cult, but like there was a very esoteric, I just feel like there, it, again, it's like true detective where like you kind of think that there's some kind of like preternatural element to it. Even if it's not there, you kind of get that vibe. I didn't. You didn't know? Okay. No. I, I thought that the crow, like, all of the crow stuff was really just out of place. Not with the Mr. Crow, but with, like, the, all the, crows the all, like, staring kind down. of the crows and shit. I was just like... It's like almost like this it's adding is, in this... This is out of place. So it, you thought that was out of place more than, like, just adding a... Yeah, I wasn't it. like, oh, maybe it's supernatural. I was like, this is fucking out of place because, I mean... Okay. Yeah. You know... It's just not how a murder of crows behaves, really. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and, like, why are they acting this weird? Like, this element may not be able to... May not ha- have to be in this st- part of the story, because the story is not... It be, because... Nothing else is hinted otherwise. Yeah, it's all grounded in reality, so why are you having these crows kind, like... Yeah. For no reason. It, it's just, yeah. For me, it's like, don't, don't put that shit in, because it doesn't need to be there... Because your story isn't supernatural, and <laughs> just whenever you have crows and, you know, that weird behavior where it's like... You're trying to hint at something. Where it's hitting your points in your story, that's supernatural. Yeah, and this really isn't a supernatural creepy pasta. It's a no. realistic... It's a grounded-in-reality, it's a... Criminal, like, like horrible yeah. criminal minds, like, episode, or, again... Um, in the way, vein of true detective uh, kind of thing, it's not quite. It's not really a. Twi- like, uh, actually, again, they mentioned uh, Twin Peaks was something that they got out of because of that preternatural part, um, and like just like the the creepy ritualistic killings. Um, but yeah, like it's it's all grounded in reality. There's no real reason to had on this this the element, crows, the, the element of crows that are acting funny, essentially. Yeah. Well, and it's. Like, it's, it's in the, video, the so only element. It's yeah, but these crows are the only element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it could have so easily just been removed. That why wasn't it? Yeah, is kind of my thing. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, looking at it now, like it's it, out of place, and the story doesn't really suffer by their inclusion. It's but just another it thing. Would have like, been enhanced by their exclusion. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. Um, like, or maybe, like, not have them act as weird. Like, maybe have them, like, they were just circling around and then the cop, like, they were shoot off. Well, I mean, fuck. I Crows hang out. Near carry-on. No. So they are carry-on birds, so. Yeah. Like, 
they they could have been a good like marker for like the like for for the the discovery of some of the bodies and stuff. But we don't get that. So yeah, I I do actually kind of uh, I see that what you're talking about where like maybe they, their exclusion would have been better and like the supernatural yeah. element the the seemingly preternatural because it's not really supernatural but it's like downplayed. Um, could have just been removed, and this would have been a, just as fine and dandy without it. Exactly. Um, like, dedicate yourself to the type of story you're writing. Don't, yeah. you know, don't try and add Cross an genre. element. Yeah. Um, that being said, did it break the story? No. Um, you know, like, it, it's not like the Crows were like the SWAT team coming out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, where it just, you know, completely took me out of it. That being said... I still, I still like the story. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was fine. It worked. Um, I actually appreciated the fact that we had a porn addict as like our main character. Just, it's not something you see. Yeah. Um, that that's my He's, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, it's kind of like having like not a villain, but like an like a not an, a, the non-hero type telling the story. Well, it's just a matter of like, bam. It's a, he's a porn addict. Yeah. Why? Because it facilitates the story. Mm-hmm. And because it's a thing. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I appreciated it. Um, but, yeah, so... Okay. That That's my stance on the story. But it may have also stemmed from the reading. I don't want to get on Sam and Matt's dick uh, too much here. But the reading was well done. The, like, um, the ambient ambient sounds were in there um but yeah so i don't know if i i don't know if i like the story as much as i did because of the reading or because of the or the content because i yeah because it was a decent story i might have hated this story if i had read it okay that's entirely possible i don't think so um it is generally why i read the stories before i listen to a reading like i use the readings as a uh, a catch-up um, a plot refresher. Yeah. Uh, so what? Okay. So this actually was your first reading, I think, right? Of no. a creepypasta. You've listened to the one, the ones. Okay. Well. Um, okay. That I was gonna. I, I was gonna say, like, how was your? How was this one like? Like compared to other ones that you listened to then? Oh well, like I said, it was good. It was, it was yeah. well done. Um, and it definitely enhanced the story mm-hmm. as opposed to you know just blah, you know just leaving it blah or you know making it worse, because, I mean, that's a scary thing. Yeah. That can happen. It has. Um, but, yeah, the reading was fine while well, it was awesome, actually, but, um, I mean, it's a reading of a story, you can't really yeah. say too much about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and at some point, like I said, we'll have, once the reading, once the actual story is posted somewhere, we will add it to the description. Um, so right now I'm going to insert the Gen Con discussion we had, because I think we're pretty much done our opinion of it. Um, and it will be right here. Oh, hello, and welcome to Aldente Rigamortis, the travel edition. <laughs> a travelogue. <laughs> welcome to the traveler. Welcome to our world. Can I get you a flask of ale? We're in the mysterious land known as America. Indiana. Eerie Indiana. <laughs> I and I am Review Cultist. And with me today, we have... Hi, I'm Matt from The Drunk and the Ugly. Hi, I'm Travis from The Drunk and the Ugly. Yes. So, I decided to travel down to Gen Con. 
and see what that is can, all about. You can hear music from the Gen Con here. Yeah. So enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy this BGM. Yeah. Um, and do a uh, a discussion of uh, a creepypasta with Matt and Travis from Drunk and the Ugly um, in real life. For reals. Yes. We're actually here. He for, knows yeah. we exist. For Rizzles. Yeah. Or maybe nothing exists. Maybe we're all in a ma- maybe we're all an illusion in your head, or the illusion of a or uh, the dream of uh, some small child in a coma. Yes, yes. As we all know, as we all know, cops crossed over with X Files was crossed over with Chicago Hope, which crossed over with Homicide: Life on the Streets, which crossed over with SVU. Yep. Yeah. Every nothing exists. Yeah. And also, cops crossed over with reality. So and with that, and vis a vis, reality is fake. Yeah. Yes. So, so what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> We're going to talk about a uh, special little creepypasta that was brought to my attention by Matt um, called Snuff. <laughs> yes, um, a short horror story by Stephen Shorter. Yes. Is it Stephen Shorter because his name is shorter than the short horror story? Or is it the actual name Stephen Shorter? Nobody knows. It is a mystery. It's spooky. Yeah. Spooky. It says, no, it's creepy. Oh, it's creepy. It's not spooky pasta. Go for it. Yeah, sure. Um, we'll go into the run, the full-on rundown, because I'm going to be doing that with Dr. Leviathan when I get back. Also, the rundown was a movie with The Rock. We can't talk about that. It's, it's not a horror movie. I don't know. He had that baseball bat. That was Walking Tall. It's a rock movie. They're all the same. Except for the Tooth Fairy one. And I only know that one's different, because he has wings. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You still got a baseball bat in that one. Suffice to say, <laughs> if I decide to keep this part in, um, this. you can go check out uh, the reading of the creepypasta snuff from uh, Drunk and the Spooky um, on their YouTube channel. On their YouTube channel. It's also on our uh, main site. Yes. And it will be in the description below wherever this gets posted. Yes. So, um, I guess just first impressions about the story. Um yeah, I started, uh, I read it and then I listened to it um, by your reading, and yeah, it was just like it gave me like a familiar, like gave me definitely like a strong like mental image of like what this guy was going through, and it's got a, it's it's very it has very good descriptive imagery, for yeah, sure. and um, yeah, yeah, and um, definitely like has definitely has that like r- kind of gritty realism darkness to it, like there isn't anything inherently supernatural to it. It's kind of like True Detective. <laughs> Travis was saying that just before, just before we, we came here. Like, yeah, like, this, like my first impression is just like, wow, this is really dark and really kind of creepy, but not for any like supernatural means aside from like the interspliced video um, like description that is given, mm-hmm. where it's like they're static and like it's kind of like an artsy, creepy artsy film thing going. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, like their static is this guy's bad at editing videos. Yeah, exactly. He's too busy doing the murderizing. Yeah. Although he's good enough to he's good enough to cut himself out of the frame because he's not an idiot. Not quite. Not quite. There's still like we still know it was like um, we know he's African American. That's yeah. about it. Sure, it wasn't just a gloved hand. No, there, he has a body. <laughs> he has like, a. You can see no, it in. I don't know. Body. Maybe you can get it confused. <laughs> mm, I'm stroking my non-existent beard. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I'll probably have Dr. Leviathan and, and I have a full discussion and I'm sure I'll be trying to feebly defend myself because <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll read it and be like oh what is this unless I'm wrong um, but yeah let's see what you guys had to say about it so I uh, the true detective one is very good in that I feel like 
I didn't get creeped out. I didn't get any sense of dread or horror. It just felt like an introduction to a series, specifically almost Twin Peaks or you know True Detective, that type of supernatural detective one that has that basis in reality that as you go on, things get more bizarre and more apparent that something is wrong with the world. It was. It, it felt like an introductory scene or even an introductory episode to a new intellectual property. You know, here's the story. Here, here's the somebody receives the letters from this individual explaining what happened. He's in here because they just have to find something to get him out to keep him out so the sport doesn't spread. And somebody's like, I have to figure out what's going on. Imagery was good. Sound effects. I never read it. I only listened to it. The the sound effects that we added and that Sam added actually helped. Kind of. Sam just read it. Well, that Mr. <laughs> Campen added uh, actually helped increase the enjoyability of it. Um, it it gave you it, it, on top of hearing the words, which are a beautiful word and kind of a good put together. It adds that little that added depth to it to kind of give it a little bit of an oomph. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's um, Stephen Shorter. Stephen Shorter is. Um, I, I'm. He already. He already gets a lot of marks above a lot of stories on the show, because um, he puts a lot of editing work into his stuff. It's very well. It's very well constructed. Um, it's very. It's very. Uh, uh, most of the time, we give we give stories points for being literally competent. This one is. This one is. Uh, is at, at least above average. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got very he's he evokes he evokes very good imagery and all things he talks about. The characters the characters feel uh, very realized. Even the even the old man that runs the porn shop. Yeah. Like they, he goes into detail about like talking about how he's an old he, he's an old man. His shop went out of business because video shops don't exist anymore. But he still sells stuff. He still makes a living selling stuff from Mexico. He's got he's got this he's got the the twenty two rifle that he sawed off in case the cops show up or something. He's got his ferret that running around in his trash piles. He gives a lot of detail about like this guy's life. Yeah, yeah we and yeah we we and that guy that guy's like that guy's on the other side of the story. Like he's he's he is um he's a single like piece of it. He's a guy yeah. that he's the guy that delivers the letters and he's got even he's got that much characterization to himself. Yeah. Like he definitely get a lot of that like in his writing and him explaining himself, like why he why what he what his his view of the world is um, and how it's been tainted and stuff and then why he and like he's just kind of giving his life story to try and explain to whoever's reading the letters like that he really wasn't involved with this but he he was involved. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was, he was the bystander, or he was, Enron, the he was, he was, yeah. He was the end recipient. Admittedly, it's not like he hasn't done a lot of things wrong himself, as he does start the story off by saying, "And many of the things I own may be marked illegal by the jurisdiction of West Virginia." Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but uh, I think similarly, Travis, the story didn't really, the story didn't really. Uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't scared by this story. Also, sorry for the noises. Again, we were recording yeah, this in a convention hall. This, yeah. So. It's like that other one that you recorded in the park with a dog. <laughs> There's a dog. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. my buddy's a dog. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, um, yeah, I wasn't really scared by it, but I was, I was intrigued. Yeah. Um, in as much as like the, in, in as much as all, all the things, all the things setting this up, um, the, uh, that Mr. Who Mr. Crow is 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 interesting. 
um, all the different ways he goes to this. The fact that they they make it very very clear that Karen Chavon is not his first victim and will not be his yeah. last victim. Yeah, like this, it, it's not super, it's not inherently supernatural, but there is definitely like an almost an occult or esoteric like feel to like what the like ritual to what this guy does. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not. It's never. He, he has a, there's there is a rich there is a ritual to it but I think it's he's it's not it's not a it's not an occult thing he's a serial killer yeah. it's a serial it's a ritualized serial killer and that yeah. it just happens to be in a very bizarre way he does it I yeah. was thinking just a second ago like deadly premonitions feel similar but at the same time that is clearly more bizarre than this one. So. Yeah, no, or also, yeah, similarly, like similarly to Twin Peaks, that like that guy will always wrap people in plastic and shove a thing in their yeah. in their nails and yeah. then throw them in a lake. Like this guy, this guy's Where whole is thing. Annie? Because yeah, because <laughs> Annie okay. Um, watch Twin Peaks. There's a new season coming out eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then sim- similar this way, like this guy, this guy's this guy's thing isn't. Like when you get down to it, it's not that bizarre. Like he he will he he goes he goes in like uh, he goes and seduces some young woman and then like is doing something like he's gonna make a sex tape and then like beats them to death with a claw hammer like or yeah. or close enough to death that they can't resist and then strings them up to a tree and barbed wire and then yeah. something gets and then they decompose. Yeah, and then. Yeah. There's also like, um, like he brings Chobot to one of the trees that has a body there, and, just, and she's like, it was kind of confusing to me. It's like, why is she just like she looks at it and then like is like fighting down or like fighting uh, either. She's sitting there and she's talking, and they haven't been able to figure out what she's saying. Yeah, it's and also that adds the esoteric strangeness to it. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you can also think about it. Um, did you ever see that movie? I think it was called Mr. Smith. Um, it had, I think Kevin. It was Kevin Cosner was the serial killer. Yes. And there's the guy that watches him, and it could also be the thing like maybe Karen Shabon also wanted to also wanted to get on in this. We don't know a lot about Karen Shabon yeah. aside from aside from she was a very she was a very loose girl, and uh, and the, the, even the main the main character didn't know a lot about her because he's a he's a shy quiet uh, he's a shy quiet individual mm-hmm. who got beat up a lot in high school. Yeah, and I only knew her after he he had he had he put her on a pedestal and kind of worshipped her like he didn't he didn't have a healthy relationship with her either. Yeah, it was a it's a repugnant character that's given a, a backstory for you to feel sympathy for being repugnant, and then just you you can tell that there's a reason he's messed up, and that it's no longer it, it adds that level of like this guy is crazy, this guy is in jail. Well, maybe he's telling us the truth. It it adds it makes it so he's not a unreliable narrator. Yeah. And then it's kind of cut in the middle by the by the police evidence report uh, yeah. which describes the tape and um, I kind of like the detachment from that and I almost I, I I like part of me almost wonders like if that if the tape was just a separate story on its own in an in almost like an SCP sort of fashion just like this is the tape this is the contents of the tape and these, kind of these kinds of things. It, it, it felt as if they were two separate things that are smashed together. It feels as if maybe, if I think the narration of it, it, it feels as if he was writing it for a movie or some type of visual medium almost, because it seems as if the the videotape. It, it, it feels as if when you when you give me a videotape for a story and you start describing it, I know there's details I'm missing and that there's details you're giving me for free. The point of like a creepypasta with a videotape even if it's a really poor one is for you to get details that you miss so like being able to watch it in, you know watching a, 
a snuff film, which you would never be able to do, I understand, but being able to see, like, oh, it's clearly not at hand, that would add to creep of, like, oh, man, maybe it's not this guy, and then seeing the other one even just acted out with poor CGI would up the the the, the creepy factor of it and yeah. make it a little bit more... I, like I've mentioned and we've mentioned, we I wasn't creeped by it. It was more... It more intrigued me than scary. I think I, if we had a visual aspect to it, it would up the significance of it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it... It creeps me out in that, like, some Criminal Minds episodes, or, like, like then, like, kind of, like, serial killer... The Poughkeepsie, uh, the, um... Poughkeepsie Tapes, I think it's called, is a found footage, um, mockumentary kind of thing where about a serial killer, and it has, um... <laughs> and it has a, a lot of, um... Uh, found footage... It has, like, footage that the guy recorded and stuff. Yeah. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of this. Um... But that creeps me out in the fact that it's like, again, like by the end of the story, we find out that, well, the killer, he wasn't really, well, he may or may not be the killer, yeah. and if, so, if that's the case, then the killer's still out there. So you're kind of left to, you're left in that kind of fear of it. It's just like... like I mean, we already get the, we get the thing at the, um, are you talking about the man in the video? The man in the video, the yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, that's possible, because they, yeah, when it actually comes to, when it actually comes to the murder part... It's just said that, like, there's a hammer, it moves really fast, it's a blur of motion, the camera becomes unfocused. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we just kind of have the things, we, we just kind of have a voice. Go for it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, like, the, um, not so much, like, not so, like, the video to end stuff like that, but, um, like, when he goes down to the basement and he finds, like, he finds the, the cycle rest of, the tapes. of tapes that this guy's made, and he's just been doing, like, tons of... And it's apparent that nobody's been here for a long time. The guy cleans up very well after he after whatever he does. Yeah, mm-hmm. until um, the cops show up and then, <laughs> which show was, up right as he shows yeah, up. Yeah, like after yeah, he which explores is, a house of leaves esque. He starts talking about yeah, the, 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 the bizarre, literally a house of leaves, <laughs> literally a house of leaves, and then talks about the bizarre the, the bizarre architecture as I call it the bizarre architecture. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It was it kind of like out of place. There's almost. actually one thing I didn't one thing I didn't realize until I actually talked to Steven Schroeder. He makes a couple of references to other stories in there. Uh, one of them, there's a reference, and I, I can't remember exactly what it is now, but there's a reference to if you've read the Cosby Daff story, uh, Normal Porn for Normal People dot com. There's a reference. There's a reference to that one, and that I think he mentions that there's a kitchen with a chair in it that's sitting like on, okay. and, and that's one of the that's one of the videos that shows up on that on that website and that story. Well, at some point we got to do that one too. So. <laughs> yeah, that was one of Cosby Daff's earliest stories. Hmm. Um, what were you saying before I uh, cut you off? The uh, the when he's exploring the architecture and the house, the postmodern one with all the angles and the non-Euclidean geometry in, inside of it, that felt that felt out of place to me. Well, one of the things, yeah, well, it, it felt only out of place to me only because it used the word like non-Euclidean because it could have just been like an old building. Yeah. Because an old build, an old abandoned I, building is it's creepy. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's full of musties and hallways and things like that. I think that was another problem that you hit on. He used non-Euclidean. And even though he has read Lolita and he's in jail, he seems much, he seems better spoken than he should be. For a kid that was failing out getting beat up in high school and then finds this and then goes to jail even if he has read Alita a hundred times he's using words and phrases that don't strike me as something that an individual would use unless they're trying to scare you. He feels too intellectual for... Intel- it's one of those where I know it's a creepypasta 
and reading it and hearing it read to me, I can tell it's being written in such a way to be scary. So, like, I'm writing this letter. Let me explain what I saw. Oh, my God, the, the detritus and the cyclopean, non-Euclidean and all this stuff. I read that and I go, you're clearly trying to scare me. <laughs> Simplify the words down. Write it like a person that... And, and it would probably help a little. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to... I mean, he's, he could... Uh, I, I, I'm willing to forgive that one because he's he's a he's a shy, quiet person with no friends that reads a lot of books. He could so, be he could be very well read. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I I do see what I do see where you're going there. Um, but I don't have if he if there was more if there's more emphasis to to give us that he was like he was more of a thug or a punk because you can you can like there are people that drop the drop out of school that are still like mathematical geniuses because they drop out and just read math books yeah. or even like creative writers so. yeah that's so it's yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a that's a thing I'll that's a thing I'll give it is that he can he can be very well spoken and very well read especially since he does he doesn't have a lot to do in prison these days. And I guess that's the other one is I don't know the time frame between going to prison and not uh, and when the the letters are written because if it is a big enough time frame for him to just sit there and read I can accept that it just there doesn't. Well, he's also he's also been talking about like he. He's the, he's a he's an individual who's like clearly in his twenties. He talks yeah. About, yeah. he talks about like he talks about high school as a as you know a, a thing of whimsy, even though it was a place that sucked and where he got beaten up. But it's yeah, it's and it, fond it's fond old memories. I guess I don't. Yeah. I guess, yeah, and that that's probably the context I miss is that definitely Gerlin's credence that he has had time to kind of write and get a better you know grasp of grammar. I thought it was like he's like eighteen or twenty. But no. yeah, I, I clearly missed that. So yeah, yeah, I saw it more or less. It was like in his late twenties or something. Um, yeah, one thing that does this is a minor thing that really kind of bugged me. That, um, so I think at the beginning of the mo- the the story, the movie, um, the story, um, uh, he, he's talking about how he's like in his uh, doing it, like doing the deal or something to get the tape, and the guy calls him Bry, but then they redact his name at the end of the story. It's just kind of like it's well they. Oh yeah, I never, I never thought about that. So his like yeah. his name. I did hear I, about I, that. I, I figure his name is like I figure his name is Brian. I mean, we don't know his last name. Obviously, to be fair, you can keep a pseudonym because it doesn't give any information about the individual. Yeah. So calling you Bry is like me calling you, you know, Doctor yeah, Manhattan or yeah. whatever nickname you want to go by and. Review cultists. Yeah. Review cultists. Clearly <laughs> not my real name, but I'll, I mean, you can throw that in there. And it, but I read your driver's license. Our <laughs> cultist, six foot ace of clubs. <laughs> what about the ace of base? I color all of them. Kaleidoscope. C L E I. Wow. Now I'm yeah. just describing my OC. I have I have kaleidoscope wings. There's one that's a fairy, and one wing is a dragon's wing, and one's a bat wing, and one's a bird's wing. I got an angel wing and a devil wing right next to each other. And yep. They're different than the bat wing and the bird's wings. But so, it's okay. It's one you, wing, though. You realize you're just going to be fodder angel. for the artwork, right? For the title card? <laughs> it's fine. You're just describing, like, Discord for my little puppy. Because <laughs> this weird chimera that's all these things. Uh, why do I know that? I don't even watch that show. <laughs> Congratulations, you just added yourself as a, a pony. I mean, whatever. I'm a already brony. Yeah, that shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm a... No, I'm a cow. You're delicious, then. You fucker. <laughs> I love cow. I love it when it needs to be moved when I stab it with a fork. So does that make you a bovine? 
my god, I'm using that forever now. That's so stupid. Yep. Wow. <laughs> we were completely derailed. It's fine. That's yeah. the fun part. Yeah, That's our job. Um, so where were we? <laughs> um, uh, the part about you, him, uh, you thought he was a little too well read. Um, and the the age thing, and then we were talking about the... The name. The nickname. And how, right, like, yeah, right, and how right. I wasn't sure if... Yeah, like, and how it's, yeah, how it's, he's called Brian and name redacted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the, other, on the other side of things, I also... I think one of the things I liked about the story, um, which... I think is is kind of the reason is one of the other reasons the story was made is like there's this person I haven't seen since high school and because uh, that that's one of the, I think it's it's kind of a twist it's a twist on the old and on the old um, on an old story of like I haven't seen I I did, haven't seen this person in a while I've come to like respect them and oops they're a porn star now um, not to shame any porn stars but that's kind of like oh you my expectations of what you were have been vastly subverted yep. and this just took it to its natural conclusion of like oh you're a snuff star oh you're dead you're super dead too and then yeah and then he goes and investigates it or or, like 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 pretty much just rips himself apart like trying to figure out where she was like where this all happened and then yeah and I think it's um, I guess that is one of the things that there there is a certain like supernatural there is a super almost supernatural element like I showed up and then when I found then something happened and opened a door and I found all the tapes and then the cops showed up yeah and it's like the cops showing up isn't such a big thing because it's like oh this dude there's this guy who's like the, I mean he's going he's going out of his way to get onto private property and there's a lot of third or you know you condemn private property and there's like even the Marble Hornets guys when they talked about shooting all the stuff for. Uh, for that show, they uh, they ended up running into the cops when they were like filming in that old like factory or whatever. Yeah. So it's not un it's not unheard of for the for cops to show up when it's like oh there's there's this thing going on. Yeah, Although the fact that the fact that so many cops show up means that, that somebody tips him. Riot hit him. Yeah, yeah I mean, fact, he, yeah. Does, he does mention that he was he may have been tipped off or he, they may have been tipped off by something like he downloaded the wrong thing or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they may have been monitoring him ahead of time. And they just, or like they might have also just been, he again, uh, the wrong place at the wrong time when the cops had finally found the headquarters of this crow dude. Yeah. yeah. So. I can't remember. Did he say that, did he say that the porn, the porn star or the porn, the porn shop owner killed himself? Yeah. Yes. Before they even, right as they were knocking the door down, he, they blew, he blew his head off. Right. Yeah. So they, there was obviously a connection there. They, they found, they found that whole thing. So they knew about his relationship with that guy. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's. That's kind of one of the things that I, that I, I do like is that there's, there's a, there's a hint at the supernatural <laughs> with the, with the weird crows that seem to be there all the time. But at the yeah. same time, all of it's explainable through like perfectly rational means. Mm-hmm. So again, kind of like True Detective or Twin Peaks, even. Yes. Yeah. Twin Peaks maybe a little bit less so because they do just Twi- yeah. Twin Peaks is a good one because it starts out super intense. except super, for well super except for like a couple of things <laughs> except for like oh that's the that's the who's that lady with the log oh we call her the log lady yeah <laughs> she just carries a log no, with her that, everywhere I, 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 mean, I see mon- that as mundane because it's, that's oh yeah the no, crazy it's, people it's, yeah, mon- it's, it's mundane it's mundane with it's, just, it's it's mundane but it's it's also like kind of wacky because the town's just like oh yeah that's our log lady. Yeah, it's a very like eccentric, mundane. Talk mundane. to my log. Yeah, and then you, you awesome. get so used to this mundanity that when the, the the actual things happen to make you go in question, and you just like it ramps it up. It gives a great sense of scale. Yeah, 
And that's one of the things we've been talking about a lot this weekend, is just, like, <laughs> us, uh, keeping a good sense of scale on things, and, like, narratives or movies. Yeah. Just, it's always been popping up in our conversations. I think that, and I think that's the thing that can be said about this, is that there is... Even even with the way even with the way that it's broken up between the letter, the evidence report, the letter, and then like the final like addendum to the evidence report, is that as strangely as it's laid out, it is paced very well. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's a nice like you get the letter, which is like very well like constructed, and then you get like the information about the video, and then another letter, and then the final uh, description of the video. I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I liked that just to position, and I also like. Uh, I always like. Um, it's because I love Lovecraft and Cthulhu stuff, and Cthulhu was essentially written like a uh, letter, um, so it reminds me of that stuff. Uh, but I liked how it was like all written in a state in a set of uh, like statements in a letter format. I can't remember what that's called. I used to know about that, but that was that's a it's a style of writing that is common in Gothic and. Dracula's written like that yeah. and a lot of and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is written like that I can't remember what the style is called but it, it's it's useful for gothic tales and useful for old horror because it allows your writer to embellish the event to get their ideas out that what happens and instead of having to rely on you know describing in first person what your story is like what you see you're allowed to view it you, you, you're getting a view of the story through your protagonist or your narrator's eyes and you're able to embellish it and whatever failings they have gets interpreted to help with the information. So like a blind, uh, you know, a guy that's half blind and seeing a thing won't be able to tell it, just talk about the creeping dread and uh, the, 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 the amorphous blob in front of me and the, the, the loud keening whales and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um you get their yeah. You get their specific sense memory. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, you get it like in the in the moment and like, and they like try to recall it. And when they recall it, they get um, what they were kind of feeling more or less than what they were actually factually seeing. Yeah. 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 No, I like that about that. Um, I don't remember if I had anything else about this story. So we've uh, trying to remember the. I think one there there okay I, I will say that the story didn't the story didn't scare me but there are particular elements that did kind of unnerve me and that's mostly because uh, that's mostly because I am uh, my my weak point is weird failings in technology and distorted video effects and that might just be because I also like worked on the video and the audio for this and so I had to actually kind of dig in and think about it and like visualize what it looks like and then make that make that kind of thing happen and I know um, any kind of any kind of washed out or sort of distorted video um, there's there's a really good version uh, a really good example of this was a, a thing somebody did of Rebecca Black's Friday where all they did was posterize it a little bit and wash it out and suddenly all the characters have no eyes anymore oh god and they're and whenever they open their mouths, they're just black voids because they just blurred everything and then posterized it, and that and the the lack of like it just all the contrast just blurred it together, and that's that's the idea I always had. That's the that's the idea and the imagery that the the words for this evoke. On at least on at least the final thing where they talk about how distorted the tracks are, yeah, um, and just that like it's 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 indecipherable like our our lip reading experts have been able to figure out what's been said because of the degradation of the tape yeah well I mean certainly that's 
why there's so many goddamn slender vlogs <laughs> that, that and like they try to use like they use distortion in that so See, well they, they also use they also use distortion in that because it's like that's, it's what, marble, easy... that's what marble hornets did and they yeah. did it super good and we can copy that formula and, yeah exactly and but... it's one of those things that it's the natural progression from old writing media like we were talking about you know you see it the first person eyes and now we've moved on to a technology technology that is film which is look this is Chris this is perfectly you don't have to worry about an interpretation of it and then the moment you distort that you bring back that kind of oh no maybe maybe what I've seen and what I know isn't real maybe this is really what it looks like out there or maybe maybe this is just a distortion and not and it adds that it adds that layer of abstraction that happens when you go in first person letter writing and stuff like that just with a new technique technology form no that's a good that's a good uh, observation never yeah. thought about that Oh. It, it adds an unreliable narrator to a narrator that should be perfectly unerring and reliable. It, it, the all-seeing exactly. eye that will literally spit out exactly what you see all of a sudden is no longer perfect and is just as fallible as you and makes it scary. The same reason that's why it's terrifying when you when you watch a film and you can see on the monitors like there's a monster standing behind you and the people around there's nothing because our technology we have such faith in it nowadays. We have such faith that nothing will break down, nothing will go on. The ring, for instance, is so terrifying because oh, yeah. the TV cuts on even though you cut it off yeah and it, it, it does all this stuff and then she crawls out of the TV there's always that abstraction there's always that separation of the screen and yeah. then she crawls through at that scariest point and that's when everybody shits a brick and it's the climax of the film and there's also well and also even like a lesser version of that is when she's playing the tape at the at the um, we're talking about something completely different now when yeah. she's playing the tape at the news station and she's playing it forward and then winding it back and the fly keeps going and um, honestly, this is just kind of a, like the it, it's for in that in that case it's that the tape the tape is a monster and it takes the form of a tape and it knows what rules it's supposed to follow and it kind of follows them. So even when she's paused the tape, you see the fly's wings are still twitching. Yeah, and, and then she can actually pull the fly out of the video. Yeah. And it and it and it's just a good the, this creepypasta is a good representation of how to do that in written form. Yeah, and it's a very good way of of. Appropriating something that has clearly, you know, the horror story is as old as time, and it's now appropriating information and ideals and uh, aesthetics from television, video, and film, and taking what we've realized and what's used to scare on screen and bringing it into a short film, bringing it to everybody, and showing how one of the things that I study is how everybody tries to separate and categorize things into different aspects and media forms and stuff like that when media in general I am completely sure is just this big old gross primordial ooze that just feeds off of each other and just bites one head and gets, gets information from one and then the other one and just constantly evolving yeah I mean, at the end of the day, it's all just labels. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things the authors have been very clear about that I've talked to this 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 week about one of my articles is they they can recognize that labels are a thing, but a lot of the authors I talk to don't agree with labeling. Um, if only because they feel it creates a delineation that it's purpose uh, solely for co- consumerism and like. PR and being able to separate when in reality everything is much murkier than that. Yeah, everything is so much more connected and yeah. and why and why it's in why it's rampant in the realms of academia because in academia you have to have this is what I'm studying. Yeah. Because you can't you have to be able to designate yourself from something else. And so you have to create artificial barriers. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, one thing I remembered uh, something that you brought up uh, about like how uh, the letter format is very much like Gothic. I like how yeah, thinking on it now, it's like yeah, I like how this is kind of using those older um, like goth, like almost like a modern Gothic mm-hmm. story in terms of its storytelling. And um, yeah, and, goth- and Gothic. Gothic's a bad term because the Gothic tale. If I I, I, I yeah, apologize to anybody that actually yeah. remembers that I've completely blanked right now. But the Gothic tale is. It, it, this is actually a very good modern. I, I call it. I won't call it Southern Gothic because that's a very distinct. But it's a good modern Gothic tale because the, the modern Gothic and Gothic in general is about the exploration of an individual. And it, are they crazy? It's about them questioning their own sanity, their own belief, and then there's a probability that it's not real. The best one is the Fall of the House of Usher. Follow the House of Usher is is this individual crazy? Are the twins behind it, or is this house actually haunted? You can never tell in that one, and it's also written in a style that you know it's, it's a letter that's going back. This one is, and that and one of the big distinctions in writing styles that uh, is classical versus postmodern. And there's a lot of rules that that involves, but this is clearly a postmodern take on yeah the Gothic. Yeah, so I mean more like the format and stuff. Yes. Also coming, yeah, also coming back to House of Lee. It's also, I guess, also in that regard that, although in this case, we know that all the media exists because there is a police report about it, at least. Yeah. And that's, well, you got to think, like, for the old old Gothic, it's, we only have the letters because they're, the, the classical literature of horror and Gothic, cosmic horror stems from the Gothic and that the haunted house is now the haunted universe. Yeah. Earth. Yeah. They all relied on, and this is one of the things about classical, is they all relied on a hyper individual that is hyper specialized to fit the situation. So, in, so you have um, uh, Van Helsing, you have Parker. Harper and all those groups those are the only ones that are able to combat Dracula so they're the only ones you hear about in modern society we realize everybody is kind of equal on footing some are better than others and we have this glut of information from the internet so we're able to have a different viewpoint and that's one of the things in postmodern is always have a different viewpoint of an angle but with a horror, and especially this type of horror, you need to keep it angled such that you can see the problem without seeing what it actually is. Right. So having police reports brings this official one from an official side that might be a little bit more specialized than... More clinical. More clinical side than the writer, or in this case the prisoner, who's bringing the personal edge, who's seen it from himself. And you get these two angles, these two views on this unknown entity. They're still entity. very hyper-specialized. They're still yeah. very hyper-specialized. But they they can't find what's going on, and you get these two very odd juxtaposition angles to see what's going on, and it creates that odd, uncanny valley, and the tension that we see in the paper. Yeah, are in the story. All the race creatures change, but he always has a mind. They keep getting wiped out. Right, well, uh, is there anything else you guys have on it, or no? I think we've. We've kind of run that well pretty dry. I think we've talked about the story longer than the story takes to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And like I said, I will be having a discussion with Dr. Leviathan when I get back um, from Gen Con. So we'll see what his discussion is. I'm, I honestly never know on when it comes to group buses. Like, I, I'll like send him a message and it'll be like, oh, uh, you might like this one. And, and then he like goes on to wait. He pulls out his soapbox and jumps on and starts tirading about it. 
but I might be wrong this time. So good thing he doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, or this radio show. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the uh, the Gen Con uh, El Dente Rigamortis partial episode. Uh, and I have been Review Cultist. Travis Gasky. Matt. All right. And uh, see you guys in a minute. All right, we're back. So um, that was the Gen Con uh, discussion. Um, so we'll see. Like, Bye, Matt. <laughs> what was it saying? I can it was remember. Matt. Matt and Travis were with me uh, at Gen Con. So um, <laughs> yeah, Travis had a lot of. Uh, as you'll hear, Travis had a lot of um, a lot to say about it, like on an intell- on a intellectual level as well. Um, it's very much like you in terms of like being very well read, and actually, I think he's going to school for some of the stuff. So. It was a nice discussion we had, which you've already listened to. So, anyway, um, so that is our episode for tonight. Um, big thanks to the Drunk and the Ugly folks, Matt, Sam, and Travis. Um, that was it was an awesome reading. Um, yeah, again, it was yeah. a really good reading. Uh, to Stephen Shorter, um, I really enjoyed the story. Um, he's done a bunch of other ones um, that have been read by other people and are actually on creepypasta.wiki under his name I believe it's Mr. Astroblast um, and including one called A Slender Knight as in a knight like chivalry knight and it's apparently a Slenderman story <laughs> so I might make you do it <laughs> um, but so we'll we'll probably read a couple more of his stuff and do it on the dis- uh, do a discussion of it um, like I said you can check out some his stuff on creepypasta.wiki um He's got a Facebook, uh, Drunk in the Spooky, do readings of it, but you, uh, if you look up his, uh, his, short, his stories, um, most of them have a reading by somebody else on YouTube. And as always, uh, you can send us messages on Twitter, uh, at Review Cultist or at Dr. Leviathan. We are on Tumblr at crazonstudios.tumblr.com. I don't think I've ever actually given the full name. I've just kind of said, type up El Dente Rigamortis for Tumblr. And we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're on iTunes. Send us a review if you would like. That would be awesome of you. Um, comments and messages are always welcome. We get right to them, essentially, as soon as we receive them. Uh, you can also send us emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com, where you can send us other suggestions for creepypastas you'd like us to discuss on the show. We're also... if And if you'd like to... Uh, show your appreciation of um, the show or show patronage you can send uh, you can donate at the on the tumblr site we have a donate button so that's crazonstudios.tumblr.com and i believe that's it so until next time i have been your host review cultist and i'm still dr leviathan and this has been al dente rigamortis sleep well mm-hmm.